BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. We start with the fires burning across California. A new fire started yesterday north of Ukiah and destroyed some homes in a rural area to the northwest of Lake Mendocino. The Hopkins fire has burned a little more than 250 acres and is 20 percent contained as of this morning. Cal Fire doesn't have an exact number of homes that were destroyed in the blaze, but it's likely in the double digits. The fire also forced the evacuation of much of the community of Calpella. Meanwhile, a series of fires ignited by lightning strikes in the central Sierra Nevada are growing. The KNP Complex fire has burned over a 1,000 acres in and around Sequoia National Park. Officials say the fire has the potential to spread to nearby communities in Tulare County. And crews continue to get a better handle on the two largest wildfires burning in Northern California as repopulation efforts continue for both the Dixie and Caldor fires. Both of those fires have destroyed hundreds of homes. California lawmakers want to make it easier for property owners and conservancies to mitigate wildfires by setting fires themselves. Cap Radio Scott Rod has this story. Prescribed burning is a technique used to reduce overgrown forest land in a controlled manner. The practice dates back thousands of years, but today it comes with a lot of risk. It's unusual for a controlled fire to get out of hand, but when it does, the damages can be very costly. That means insurance coverage is often unaffordable. So lawmakers have set aside $20 million to create a state-run insurance fund. The money would help cover losses if a prescribed burn got out of hand. California has set lofty forest management goals. It aims to reduce fuels on half a million acres annually by 2025. The state currently accomplishes only a fraction of that goal. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. As fires ravage Northern California, lawyers have descended on the region in a bid to sign up victims as clients. The emerging wildfire litigation industry has become big business for attorneys in recent years, but some survivors of past fires have a message for the most recent group of fire victims, buyer beware. The California Report's Lily Jamali explains. Ash falls from the sky as Sandy Sullins finishes up a plate of barbecue chicken with her family and other evacuees at a park near the Plumas County Courthouse here in the northeastern corner of the state. They're still reeling from the loss of their home of 51 years to the Dixie Fire. The fire has burned almost a million acres, making it the biggest in California history. Well, we want to hear what's being done. 
or have started the fires, you know, because you don't know. You only hear. And it's the same story over and over and over again. PG&E or... Days after the Dixie Fire broke out, the utility PG&E indicated to state regulators that its equipment may have played a role in sparking the blaze. The air is thick with smoke, both from the fire and from the barbecue, which is free. It's been organized by a group of lawyers. One is local. Brett Cook has been the Sullins' lawyer for many years. We're just providing some food for the, for the people that were evacuated uh, from the Dixie Fire. This is a way of giving back to the community, and it was simply a way to um, you know, make people put a little smile on their face. Cook has teamed up with the law group Potter Handy, based hundreds of miles south of here in San Diego, and some of those lawyers have flown up for the event. But not far from the brisket and butterhorn rolls, there's a stack of papers, contracts, to sign up with the firm in exchange for 25% of any reward. This is hardly the only firm on the prowl. We know the destruction of wildfires all too well. When utility companies neglect maintenance and safety, homes and lives can be lost. I saw At least two dozen firms are making the rounds, many with the promise of suing PG&E. The utility's equipment has sparked catastrophic wildfires nearly every year since 2015. Justice. Thousands of survivors' research brought them to the watts Guerra law firm. This Doug ad is for a law group headed by Michael Watts, an attorney based in Texas who traveled to the fire zone to hold a town hall meeting at a public library. It featured famed consumer advocate Erin Brockovich, who joined by Zoom. She's been a paid spokesperson for the group. Watts boasts of his role in negotiating a settlement for 70,000 victims of fires caused by PG&E from 2015 to 2018. That deal promised fire victims $13.5 billion. But the deal isn't actually worth that, and never has been. In a highly unusual outcome, half of it was funded as stock of PG&E, which remains depressed as PG&E is implicated in more fires. The head of a special trust set up to distribute their money told us the fire victims will never be made whole. Victoria Gann saw an ad for Watts' town hall on Facebook. She lost her home in paradise in the 2018 campfire and is still living in a trailer. Oh, God, it made me sick and it made me mad. You know, like, it, it's right on the heels of it. Like, you know, give these people a break. <laughs> Gan is one of a number of fire survivors from the past who've been mobilizing to try to educate those now going through the harrowing experience they know all too well. It's kind of like a dog and pony show, you know, out, that he puts on out there. He puts on the act of the good guy. Watts declined to be interviewed, but in an email, he said the deal was one he was, quote, very proud to have worked on with fine lawyers across California to achieve on behalf of all our clients. David Hollister, the district attorney in Plumas County, has some advice for victims of the Dixie Fire. This is a big, big life-changing decision that you're going to make. So we want you to take a step back, take a deep breath, get all the information you can, and then make a really good choice that's going to protect yourself going forward. Hollister says the last thing he wants is for people who just lost everything to be victimized twice. I'm Lily Jamali. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. President Joe Biden will make a couple of stops in California today, one day before the gubernatorial recall. KQED's Katie Orr reports. President Biden will stop in Sacramento to survey nearby wildfire damage. The White House says he will highlight how wildfire season is now a year-round event because of climate change. Biden will then travel to Long Beach for a campaign event with Governor Gavin Newsom. Newsom has called on numerous Democratic heavyweights for help as he seeks to retain his office, including Vice President Kamala Harris and Senator Elizabeth Warren. A recent poll shows Newsom in a good spot ahead of the recall election. 60 percent of likely voters do not think he should be removed. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Tomorrow is the last day to vote in the recall election, and heading into the stretch, the campaigns are trying to sway Latinos, who are almost 30 percent of all registered voters. KQED's Maria Peña and Scott Schaefer report on how they are responding. For the past few weeks, ads like this have been flooding Spanish-language airwaves and social media platforms, imploring voters to support the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. ¿Por qué los Latinos se están uniendo para votar sí para retirar a Gavin Newsom? Hemos perdido empleos y los negocios están yendo. Es caro vivir aquí y estamos luchando para pagar nuestros gastos. Pero Newsom aceptó un aumento de sueldo para sí mismo. That ad from Rescue California blames Newsom for rising gas prices and crime and points out that while he was sending his own kids to private schools, public schools were closed. And this ad against the recall focuses on the people being what they call a Republican power grab. En California, han apoyado el seguir a los inmigrantes con microchips y compararon a los indocumentados con animales. Ahora quieren tomar el control de nuestro estado. Tenemos que detenerlos. Diga no al intento de destitución republicano. Es una toma de poder peligrosa para nuestra comunidad. The ad says the recall backers are anti-immigrant and aligned with former President Donald Trump. We wanted to know what Latino voters thought about the messages from both sides of the recall. So we gathered two small groups of voters, one Republican, one Democrat, and played some of the ads for them. Itzel Diaz, an independent voter, was struck by the criticism that Newsom shut schools during the pandemic, hurting kids. She says it gets on her nerves that the recall campaign implies that kids didn't learn anything, ignoring how much effort went into helping families with online learning. 
Democratic voter Porfirio Diaz, who came to the U.S. from Mexico, doesn't trust the recall campaign messages, especially the criticism that Newsom mismanaged the pandemic. Uh, Diaz, who is now a citizen, says he appreciates that the Newsom administration made it a priority to get the vaccine to low-income communities. Diaz says looking at what's happened in places like Florida and Texas, the recall campaign is lying when it says Newsom's COVID response has failed. Not surprisingly, some Republican Latinos see things differently. Republican Obed Avila, a former Marine, isn't swayed by arguments tying recall proponents to positions taken years ago by Republican supporters of Proposition 187, which targeted undocumented immigrants in the U.S. A lot of the stuff is a little bit one-sided. It's kind of hard for me because I'm a Republican. I, I, didn't, I don't agree with a lot of stuff they said. And they're bringing out another about presidential election. This is a, about governor. But Debbie Avila, also a Republican, disagrees with her brother. She says the ads against the recall brought her back to that infamous 1994 ballot measure. I remember the feeling of being treated like a second-class citizen. Like, I'm very, I'm, I have a lot of pride of my family, of, of my dad and the hard labor that he's done in the fields. And even my mom, who's sitting next to me, and the work of uh, mi gente. We also played some ads from candidates running to replace Newsom, including this one from Republican talk show host Larry Elder. Soy Larry Elder. El gubernador Gavin Newsom said... Itzel Diaz is not impressed by the Elder ad, which she says is only critical of how the governor managed the pandemic. Diaz says the ad fails to take into account that California has fewer COVID cases per capita. Debbie Avila says after watching the elder ad, she feels she doesn't know anything about him. I wish he would have used that to tell me who he is as a candidate and what his plan is for the state. Some in the focus groups noted that the people in the Spanish language ads did not represent the true diversity of the Latino community, missing representation of Afro-Latinos and LGBTQ Latinos. Julio Moreno, chair of the University of San Francisco's History Department, says ads for the recall and replacement candidates do not always fit the lived experience of California's Latinos. He says blaming Newsom for everything lacks credibility among Latinos who have seen economic progress and legal protections for immigrants supported by the governor. The question now is will Latino voters turn out in high enough numbers to flex their political muscle in this recall election? For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. And I'm Maria Peña. Turning to the pandemic, a group of Los Angeles Police Department employees is suing the city over its COVID-19 vaccination mandate. The lawsuit filed over the weekend in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles claims the mandate violates employees' constitutional rights to privacy and due process. The six LAPD employees could not make a claim for medical or religious exemption to the vaccine requirement, but they say they've contracted the virus and recovered and that they have natural antibodies to fight off the virus, although medical experts still advise people to get vaccinated, even if they've already been infected. The department has struggled to get its employees vaccinated, as nearly half have still not gotten their shots yet, which is a lower rate than the general population in Los Angeles. The vast majority of new infections this summer within the LAPD were among unvaccinated staffers. 
And that's the California Report for Monday, September 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement, and Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfettah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 